Welcome to the Victory World Outreach Podcast. We pray this message brings encouragement and inspiration to your life. And uh, I'm going to be reading, if you'll turn over with me to Habakkuk chapter 2. And um, I want to preach just for a couple of minutes so that we have lots of time to pray. And I want to just look at this prayer that Habakkuk is praying in chapter 2. And I think it's a great illustration of how we should pray and why we pray and the responsibility that you and I have tonight and, and in our lives as people of prayer. And if you, I'm not going to read chapter 1, but if you look at Habakkuk chapter 1, here's a prophet, Habakkuk is a prophet, and he's praying for all of God's people. They've been scattered, they've been taken captive because they've sinned against God and God has brought judgment against them. And so he's praying on behalf of these people. And, and the whole chapter, Habakkuk chapter 1, is him saying, God, why does it seem like there's no end to this punishment. When are you going to, to free us? When are you going to accept our repentance? And, and he prays a prayer that maybe you have prayed or he thinks the way maybe some of you think. And he says, why does it seem like people that are against God are profiting and they're thriving and they're doing well? Meanwhile, the people that do love you and are faithful to pray and to cry out to God, it's like you're not hearing us. When are you going to answer is what he's praying. And then in, in chapter 2, basically Habakkuk prays and he makes his case to God. And then in Habakkuk chapter 2 and verse 1, just one verse here, he says this, I, I will climb up to my watchtower and stand at my guard post. There I will wait to see what the Lord says and how he will answer my complaint. And to me, I, I think this is a really interesting way to pray. It's, the imagery is really good. And I think that it, it illustrates how we should pray. I don't think he was being prideful in his prayer to God and, and, and asking God, when are you going to answer? This was out of a heart of need. This was out of a sincere heart. Habakkuk is, is praying and watching over all of Israel and saying and asking God, when are you going to answer for us? But what's interesting is, and the first point I want to make here, is he says, I will climb up to my watchtower. He's, he could have said this prayer and then just gone about his business and said, well, God, hopefully you answer. If not, oh well. But he says, here's what I need. He made his case before God. And then the Bible says, he, he said, I'm going to go up to my watchtower. He's putting it on God and saying, now I'm going to wait for your answer. I'm not looking anywhere else, God. I'm looking to you for the answer to my need. And you know, he's praying. It's very interesting tonight. If you look around you here, this is a big sanctuary. And we live in a world just like Habakkuk where, I mean, can you agree sometimes it feels like people that shouldn't be thriving are? And maybe you're the person that's thinking, I'm trying to live for God. I'm trying to be faithful. And I'm still waiting on this answer. And there's a hopeless world out there. And because of that, sometimes I wonder, shouldn't this place be full? Shouldn't there be thousands of people trying to get in here and pray and cry out to God and say, God, where is my answer? And yet, just, just like in Habakkuk, one prophet is praying for everybody. And sometimes that's the responsibility that you and I have tonight. And I'm trying to create a picture that we are called to be watchmen. 
That when we come into a night of prayer like this, or, you know, as some of you might have heard on Sunday, in the month of January, we're going to be starting a, a fast, a fellowship-wide fast, all of our churches. And, and we'll get into that in, in a second. But to me, when I come into a night of prayer, I feel a little bit of a responsibility and a weight Beyond, I'm not talking about from people, like I, I need to make sure I'm praying so people see me praying. I feel the weight of need. I'm a watchman, and, and what I want to tell you is you're a watchman tonight. You know, Watchtower is a place where your only purpose is to be watching out for something, right? I mean, there's no, there shouldn't be any distractions. You're getting away from it all, and you're getting up in this watchtower because your job is to keep watch. And, and a lot of times, they were the only ones who were watching. And you might think that, that you don't have a lot of responsibility. What does it matter if I pray? What does it matter if I, if I call out to God? I've done, maybe you feel like you've done it a million times. I want to tell you, there ought to be some kind of responsibility that we feel. I can tell you for me, I, I think about my kids and my wife. What if I don't pray for them tonight? What if I don't have any care? What happens to them? There's people I serve in this church. I serve alongside you in ministry. I feel a a, a weight and a responsibility to pray for you. I'm not just here alone in Colorado Springs. We know we've got churches all over the United States, all over the world. I feel a burden and a, and, and a responsibility to cry out for them because I've been there. We're, we're so blessed. Look at this crowd we have on a Wednesday night. I was texting my dad earlier. He pastors in Brighton, and they, they have a good-sized church. I mean, they, they probably have 20 or 30 people on a Wednesday, but I know he feels the burden of that. I feel a weight to pray for him and to cry out for his service tonight. Amen. There ought to be something that we come in. If we come in and go out and there's no responsibility on us, we're missing it. We're missing the point. There ought to be some kind of weight on us to pray tonight. You know, the emphasis of prayer is to keep our focus on God and to have a specific time like this or a specific time like the fast. You know, it's like painting a target on something. You paint a target on a prayer, something that you're desperate for, and you aim that prayer at that target. I mean, we ought to be thinking about what we want to pray about in the fast and on a night like tonight. What are we aiming for? Is there anything we're aiming for? If not, be thinking about that. Amen. When we get down to pray in a couple of minutes here, aim for something. Think of what's our responsibility as watchmen. The second thing that he says, he says, first, I'm going to go to my, to my watchtower. Then he says, I'm going to stand at my guard post. Stand at my guard post. Yes, we ought to be watching out. I'm, I'm thinking of people to pray for. I'm looking at the needs of my family, looking at the needs of the people around me. But I also have to make sure that I'm on guard tonight. That part of what I'm praying for is that God would help me to stand guard for what? To stand guard so that my flesh does not get involved. And, and as many of you know, when our flesh gets involved, it never turns out good, does it? When we put the onus, and you, you know what I'm talking about, that we're waiting and we're asking God to do something and we don't see it. And eventually, a lot of times we just say, I'm just going to take matters into my own hands. And we end up missing God's plan. 
Just recently, I was driving home with, I had all four of my kids in the car, and, uh, and I was driving them home from school, and I got to uh, this light on Powers. I think it's airport and Powers. I was on airport, and I'm sitting in the right turn lane. Nobody is coming this way, and the guy in front of me is not turning. And I, I'm holding it together, but I can feel my blood pressure rising. I got four kids in the car. I just want to get home, get them out of the car, get homework, get dinner, all the stuff. And I'm, I start honking and, and the guy's not moving. And so finally I said, forget it. And I, I went around him through the other lane. And as I'm pulling in front of him, I realized there's a big sign that says no turn on red. And there was no turn lane into Powers, and the light turned green. So I had to floor it not to get hit. And my 12-year-old son, who if you know him, he's a know-it-all a little bit. Even though he's never driven, he felt the need to tell me why that was not okay. And, and I just looked like a fool. I lost it in front of my kids. How many know when we take things into our own hands, we make dumb decisions? Instead of trusting in God, who knows better than us anyway, doesn't he? And in, in, uh, in Habakkuk chapter 2, verses 3 through 4, God gives the answer to Habakkuk. And he says, this vision is for a future time. It describes the end and it will be fulfilled. If it seems slow in coming, wait patiently. We could just take that one sentence and make that the stamp of this sermon tonight. If it seems slow in coming, wait patiently. Don't swerve around the car and take matters into your own hands. Sometimes, is it possible God has a plan and it's not the right time? Amen. It might, I mean, our timing is not always right. And he says, for it will surely take place. It will not be delayed. Verse four, look at the proud. They trust in themselves and their lives are crooked, but the righteous will live, how? By their faithfulness to God. Or as it says in the King James, the just shall live by faith. That's what we come in with tonight. If you don't feel like you have anything to offer God in prayer, just offer him your faith. Just come before God and tell him, God, I don't see how this is going to work out. I don't see an end to this, but I'm just going to put my faith in you. And that's what Habakkuk was doing. He said, God, look at what's going on. Look, your people are suffering. There's, there seems to be no end in sight. But Lord, I'm putting my faith on you and I'm waiting on you for the answer. You know, I, I, I would say for most people, when we start fasting, I don't want to speak this, but it's very possible you're going to fast on day one and not see the answer to your prayer. That's a possibility. So we fast another day, right? We keep praying. You don't see it, you pray it again. You don't see it at the end of the 31 days, pray it again. Wait on God. Put your trust in him. Amen. That's what we're here to do tonight. We don't come to God knowing it all. We just come and we bring faith. And some of you, you've been bringing faith week after week after week. Don't grow weary. Just keep bringing your faith. Amen? Thankfully, we don't have to have the answer. We don't have to have the result. We just have to have faith in God. Hebrews chapter 2, verse 4, you might know the scripture. But without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he who comes to God must first believe that he is. So first, you need to put your trust in Jesus. If you're not saved, if you don't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, that's the very first thing you should be praying tonight. And then it says 
that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. So if we know God and we seek him diligently tonight as watchmen, as people of faith, he's going to reward us. He's going to reward your faith and your prayers tonight. He's going to reward the investment and the time that you're spending in prayer here tonight. Amen. We stay on guard that our flesh doesn't get involved because the devil knows exactly when to attack, doesn't he? Remember when Jesus was in the desert? He was fasting 40 days. And, and, and yes, I'm sure his, his mind was on the cross. He knew what he was there to do. How could you think about anything else? If, if you knew you were going to die on the cross, you probably couldn't think of anything else. But he was on guard too because when the devil came and attacked him, he knew exactly what to say. He was ready for it. You can read about it. In the New Testament, he, he knew exactly what to answer Satan. And And he didn't do it in his own strength. He did it with the Holy Spirit. Amen? That's why we need to be on guard. And then the third and final thing Habakkuk said is, There I will wait to see what the Lord says. And I underlined the Lord. What does the Lord say? We, it's super easy nowadays to hear what everybody else says. Every, do you ever get sick of people's opinions? Everybody has an opinion about the opinion about the opinion. Go to anybody. They'll share their opinion with you. How about we seek what the Lord says about your situation? Amen. We're not looking at what the world says. In Psalm chapter 2, verse 1 through 2, I like the way this is worded. It says, why are the nations so angry? Why do they waste their time with futile plans? The kings of the earth prepare for battle. The rulers plot together against the Lord and against his anointed one. Let us break their chains, they cry, and free ourselves from slavery to God. You want to know what people think? That's what the world thinks. That being a Christian means you're a slave to God and in a negative sense. Like we, we need to break free from Christianity and be able to go and do what we want to do. That's really what the world says. And there's a scripture in the Bible that says where there is no vision, the people cast off restraint. And that's what happens when people are breaking free of God. There's no more restraint. There's no more morals. There's, no, there's nothing guiding us. Amen. When you're not seeking what God says, you're open to whatever. And that's why every year I'm on this earth, I think this is, they can't get any crazier. It can't get any worse than this. And yet new things happen that blow your mind because there's no limit now. Amen. If you're not seeking what the Lord says, you're going to be open to things you didn't realize you were open to. But, but God says this in Matthew chapter five and verse three. We're seeking what God says. He says, blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. And in the NLT, it says, God blesses those who are poor and realize their need for him. He's not talking about financially poor. He's saying we understand that we need him. That we need God. When I come into this place, it doesn't matter how good I think I am. I just come with faith and I recognize, God, I need you. God, I need you. Don't let me leave this place tonight without getting a hold of you because I need you in my situation. Amen. That's that weight that I'm talking about. When you look at your family, you look at people around you, do you not get overwhelmed? 
Do you not think, how in the world am I, I think, how am I going to get my six, my family six, how am I going to get us to heaven? And then there's the church and there's the world and there's so many burdens. You know what? We just simply need to know we need the Lord. We need the Lord. We need God's spirit in this place. We don't need dead, dry prayer. We need desperately for the Holy Spirit to come in and touch us because this is the watchman right here. I don't know why everybody else isn't here. It doesn't matter. We are here, and we are the watchmen for this church. We're the watchmen for Colorado Springs. We're the watchmen for the gospel. And so, oh my gosh, we need God. Amen. If I'm the watchman, if there's any responsibility on me, God, I need you. That's surrendering to God in prayer and saying, God, I recognize your call. I recognize you have a purpose for me. Fill me. Equip me with what I need to do what you have called me to do. Amen. We are not self-sufficient. We can't be self-sufficient. Amen. I'll, I'll share one last scripture with you, and then we're going to pray. This is in Habakkuk chapter 3, one chapter forward. So God tells Habakkuk in chapter 2, just you wait. It's coming. The answer is coming. I'm, I'm going to do all these things. And in, verse, in, in chapter 3, and starting in verse 17, look at how Habakkuk thinks. This is, should be our mind tonight as we go to prayer. In verse 17, even though the fig trees have no blossoms and there are no grapes on the vine, even though the olive crop fails and the fields lie empty and barren, even though the flocks die in the fields and the cattle barns are empty. That is so hopeless. He's saying, look at all the troubles that I'm facing. Look at how impossible the situation is. But in verse, six, uh, verse 18, he says, yet. That word yet means even with all of that, yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I will be joyful in the God of my salvation. The sovereign Lord is my strength. He makes me as sure-footed as a deer able to tread upon the heights. That means when it seems like all hope is lost, there doesn't seem like an answer. Even still, we just come in and we cry out to God and say, God, I'm still putting my faith in you. I still need you. And you know what? The Bible says he's coming back. We are looking forward to the return of Christ, and that is going to be the answer. Amen? That's when we're going to be vindicated. And all the, the people in the world that think they have it, they're going to they're going to be surprised. It's going to be a big shock to the system. Amen? But we remain faithful because we're looking to God, who is the hope of our salvation tonight. And what a privilege that we get to get before him and pray and cry out to him, and he'll hear your needs tonight. He'll hear you. Amen? So I want to ask if you would just bow your heads and close your eyes. And, and we're going to have plenty of time to pray tonight. But before we do that, I want to give an opportunity if you're not saved, if you don't know Jesus tonight as your Lord and Savior, maybe you've been to church, maybe you're a religious person somehow, but you have never had a relationship where you've surrendered your life to God and you belong to him. And tonight you feel it in your spirit. The Holy Spirit is working in your heart right now. And you know that you need to get your heart right with God. If that is you with no one looking, how many all across this place would raise their hands just to signify that's me. I need to receive Jesus tonight. We're going to pray a prayer of salvation and you can be saved tonight. Just slip your hand up quickly. God bless you. I see that hand. How many more? How many more? Don't be ashamed. Jesus is calling out to you tonight. You can feel it in your heart. You know you need Jesus. 
Maybe you've made some mistakes and you've fallen into that place of hopelessness. You feel like like God has abandoned you or you feel like there's just there's no hope for your situation and maybe you've drifted away from God. You know what the Bible says he'll leave the 99 to chase after one person and he's reaching out to you tonight. It's not by accident that you're here. He's calling out to you and saying if you'll put your faith in me, I'll show you that I'm real. If you need to rededicate your life to God tonight all over this place, how many you'd raise your hand and say that's me. I'm giving Jesus my heart again to tonight. God bless you. I see these hands. How many more? Last call and we're going to pray. Praise God. Praise God. Let's all stand in this place. I want to just lead us in a prayer of salvation tonight. If you raised your hand to be saved or to rededicate your life, even if you didn't, we're going to pray a prayer and you can repeat this and mean it with your heart and you can be saved tonight. Just repeat this prayer if you would. Say, Dear Jesus, I know that I have sin in my life, that I'm broken, and that you are the only answer. I don't have the answer, but you do. And I give you my heart right now. I lay my life down, and I ask you to forgive me of my sin and make me a new person, never to go back. Today I am saved. I'm a child of God. In Jesus' name, amen. Praise God. Praise God. If you prayed that prayer, you're saved. That's the first step. Amen. And then he says, he is a rewarder of those that diligently seek him. We're going to do that tonight. We've got more than enough time. We're going to take time and pray. These altars will be open. You can pray at your seats. We're going to do something a little bit different. We're not going to have a formal dismissal tonight. So you pray until you feel like you've gotten a hold of God, and then you're welcome to slip out. Just a couple of reminders. If you are finished, if you want to talk to people, if you would please be respectful of the people praying, go do that in the hallway. And then don't forget about the people in the nursery. If they're watching your kids, make sure you get your kids so that they can have a good night too. Amen. Praise God. Let's get before God and let's cry out and let him meet our needs tonight. Thanks again for joining us. If you like this message, subscribe to our podcast channel for more episodes. We would love it if you would rate it and share it with your friends. For more content from Victory World Outreach and to learn more about us or to support this ministry, go to vwonow.com.